Colossians 3, the first four verses. The Bible says in verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. For Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. How many will be there today? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for sending him to die for our sins. And God, because we're saved, we're your children, Lord. Help us to focus on heaven and heavenly things. Challenge us today in everything from your word. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. Developing a heavenly mindset. A heavenly mindset. If you are a Christian this morning, all of us who are Christians need to live in a way that moves us closer and closer to heaven. We ought to strive through the help of the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God to become more Christ-like every day we live in this life. And because we are born again, it's important to remember that we have an eternal citizenship in heaven. But we also have to remember we're only pilgrims here in this world. We are just passing through. How many pilgrims we got here today? Amen. We're just passing through. This world is not our home. The Bible speaks of two kingdoms. The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of heaven. And I thank God that in His mercy, in His mercy, He has taken us, you and I who were strangers and foreigners, and He's taken us and He's made us a part of His kingdom. And folks, you and I are privileged to be members of His household. Amen. We are a part of the greatest family on earth, and that's the family of God. Amen. We are children of the King. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, notice this, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, He's coming again. And as children of God, we wait with an earnest expectation. We know He is coming again. Look what He's done for us, Colossians 1.13. Who, the Savior Jesus Christ, who has delivered us from the power of darkness, thank God, and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. I love to worship. I love God's Word. And uh, I love when God speaks to my heart. And i, I got to tell you, uh, sometimes I get emotional. Uh, this opening song that Jason played in, in before our service started just spoke to my heart. But I want to remind you folks 
there's things we must know. In spite of our emotions, because sometimes you don't feel so good. There'll be days you won't feel like you're saved. But what gets me through, what can get you through, is when we know what God's Word has said. And the power of God has taken us, and God has transferred us, if you will, from darkness to light. We were once in darkness, and God has transferred us into light. We were once slaves to sin, and God, in His power, has transferred us to freedom. We were once caught up in guilt, but God has transferred us to forgiveness, and He's transferred us from the power of Satan to the power of God. Praise His holy name. Folks, that's who we are in Christ Jesus. Imagine in your mind, we were here in this circle, and the power of God had transferred us from that dark life into the glorious light of Jesus Christ. Now we live in a different sphere. And that's why it's important we learn to develop a heavenly mindset. And because our citizenship is in heaven, we need to seek heaven with everything we have. Everything we have. Our lives ought to be so different from the world, they can see it. You don't need to drag a cross across the country. You don't need to wear a big flashing cross on your chest. They ought to see that Jesus Christ has made a difference in your life. Now, by the way, if I were you and your life is not different, I'd check out my salvation. It is the power of God under salvation. So how how can we develop this heavenly mindset? Glad you asked. Number one, we have to focus on our resurrected position. Last Sunday was the last week of our four-week Easter series. And we spent, spent that time looking at ways the resurrection affects our life. And if we are going to develop a heavenly mindset, we must focus on the resurrected position that we now have in Christ. Folks, I want to tell you, I'm not the man I used to be. I have a new position in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to point out this morning three very important truths. Number one, If you're a child of God, you have been made alive. Look like it, amen? We need to act like it, amen? The Bible says this, And you He made alive, Ephesians 2, verse 1, And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Folks, we were dead. God, through Christ, has made us alive. Spiritual life, new life, eternal life. But second key truth here is we have been raised. Colossians 3 verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. My question this morning is this. Are you seeking those things which are above? A third important truth that we have now been seated. Now think about that. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6, raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ 
Jesus. Jesse mentioned we were, and we were invited to the Gideon banquet. I did email them. I did text them like they asked me to do that. Somebody dropped the ball. But nonetheless, we took somebody else's chair and we got seated. I know for a fact that Christ has invited me up there. And because he's raised me up, because I've been made alive, I am now seated in heavenly places with the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does that mean for us now? What does that mean today for you and I? Folks, you and I, we have been given the power to live as Christians right now. Yes, amen. We couldn't do without that power. God has given us that power. And by the way, he's given us the power to live as Christians, but also not to be conformed by this world. We don't have to live in conformity to the world and to its standards. And now God has given me the power to be obedient to him. Thank God for the power of God. And, and, and make no mistake about it. We can claim royal status today. Right now, we can claim that status. Why? Because we are children of the King. Amen. Glory to God. We are children of the King. We were on the way to church. We always drive by the area where Jackie and Dave Johnson lived. And I thought this morning about Jackie and her license plate on the car. I think it said King's Child or something like that. She knew she was a child of the King. We are children of the King. Now remember, now, now remember, it's important to know what we know, what we know. And I'll remind you that your opinion doesn't matter, but neither does mine. So what does the Bible say? So we have to remember, according to the Bible, our position we have in Christ. Thank God for that. Not that I deserve it, not that you deserve it, but the position we now have in Christ. Now, the Bible is very clear about this. The same power, the exact same power that was at work raising Christ from the dead now works in us. Now, hold on. That power is working in you. If you're born again, it's working in you to enable you to live your life Pleasing to God. And that's the only way we can do it. And that power is working within us, enabling us, if you will, to develop and to have a heavenly mindset. And that's why it's very, well, it's vital, without a doubt. It is vital that you and I see our authority and that we see our position in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand that we are rulers with Christ over all things? And that takes place even now. We are sitting in heavenly places with Him. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. What a wonderful verse. Romans 8, 17. And if children... Look, look, how many children of God we got here today? Amen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God... Join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. 
Did you see what the Bible says? How do you know you're a co-heir of Christ? The Bible says I am. And God cannot lie. His word is true. It is exact. We are co-heirs with Christ. What does that mean? It means that everything that Jesus has is ours. Why? Because Christ has raised us to live in the newness of life. And that's why, because we are uh, co-heirs with Christ, that's why we have to set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. A place of authority, a place of preeminence. So even our mindset, our thinking, it should reflect our resurrection in Christ Jesus. I am a new creature now. The very one who is seated at the right hand of God will one day rule all things. Now here's the problem. He already does. Satan just won't won't admit to it, all right? And we already do as well. We are in Christ. And if we are going to have a heavenly mindset, it begins when we first understand our position in Jesus Christ. And I tell people all the time, don't feel sorry for me. I'm a child of the King. Amen. He's my Heavenly Father. He loved me, died for my sins, and He died for yours as well. And so when we have been raised with Christ, now remember, the one who is seated at the right hand of God, everything that belongs to His Son belongs to us. Amen. Co-heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Being seated with Christ is talking about our unity with Christ. And not only our unity with Christ, but also the authority that comes with it. And this reality, who we're seated with and the authority that comes with it, it ought to affect how we live our lives every day from the time we're saved. Look what Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 28. <coughs> Excuse me, verse 18 and 19. Jesus came, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, Notice this, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So what power does Jesus have? All power in heaven? All power in earth? He has all and complete power. Now, we know this as a great commission. And think about this. Christ is sending out the disciples. And the command is for us as well to go out, teach all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. How many know, humanly, that's impossible? Think about that. From From a human perspective, that is impossible to do. But remember, Jesus gave the promise of his authority. And he told the disciples, as I send you out, understand, I have given you all authority. And that authority goes with you. Second Corinthians 5.20 Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, 
Be ye reconciled to God. We are ambassadors for Christ. By the way, this is where our former pastor got the name for our church. Ambassador Free Will Baptist Church. We are ambassadors for Christ. All of God's people, all Christians are to be ambassadors for Christ. So what, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is an official representative of one country to another. Of one kingdom to another. And that ambassador carries a message... And that message comes with the authority of the person they represent. You got that? So not only have we been given a message, thank God for that, but God has also given us the authority in sharing that message. We've got a message, yes indeed, praise God. We've also got God's authority to help us share that message to a lost world. So when, when, the, when the times come, and it will for us, it does for everyone, when we find ourselves a little bit too timid to share our faith, we have to remember the position we have and the authority we have. We have the authority of God. As we serve the Lord every day, everything we do must be done in His Authority. We have that authority available. Now remember who we are. We are children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My father owns the cattle on the seven hills. He owns the oil beneath them too. My father cares enough he died for my sins. Hmm. I'm a child of the King. So remember who we are. But it's also important to remember where we are. We are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Ah, I know who I am and I know where I am. I'm with him today. Now remember, this authority we're talking about, it's not within ourselves. We don't have it on our own. Our authority, because we're ambassadors... Our authority comes from the very one we come to represent, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors in walking in the authority of Christ every day of our life. And if we're going to have the right mindset, our focus has to be on our resurrected position. Heard a story years ago. I'm assuming it's a true story. This fellow had gone on, paid enough money up to go on a cruise. And I don't know how, how much it cost. It's been quite a few years ago I heard the story. And he paid the money to go. And boy, he was just having the, the best of times. But in, the, in preparing for the, for the cruise, he packed enough food to supply his meals. And he was eating brownie sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly. And, and somebody saw him that one day on the cruise and said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm eating my lunch. And they said, why aren't you dining at the banquet room? He said, well, I, I didn't have enough money to pay for that. He said, don't you know that that's included in the price? 
And once he knew what he had, he changed. Church, we need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know where we are. We need to know what God has given us, the privilege of being a son of God, a child of the King, the privilege of having his authority, the privilege of being seated in heaven with him right now. God's word can't lie. Oh, I'm so glad for God's word. So we're ambassadors. We're walking in the authority of Christ. We have to have a mind that's focused on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And by the way, we are different from the world. We are different from the world because of our position. We are different from the world because of our position in heavenly realms. And by the way, I challenge you today, church, live like it. Live who you are. So number one, if you're going to develop a heavenly mindset, you have to focus on our resurrection position. Number two, and I don't like this one. And we're preaching anyway, though. We've got to live a life of continual discipline. How many like discipline? <laughs> there you go, Marvin. I don't, I don't even like the word diet. Because it requires discipline. A heavenly mindset can only be developed by a life of continual discipline. Colossians 3.1 If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. My friend, there was a day, a time in my life, I was dead in my sins. And so were you. But today we received Christ as our Savior. We were raised from death. Just the same way Christ had been raised from the dead by God's power. He raised us up. When that happened, we, we received new life from God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to remind you, folks, we don't have to struggle. We don't have to work to attain that new life. If you're in Christ, you already have it. It is yours. Our duty, our obligation is to work that out, work out the implications in our daily life. Now that we have been raised, now we have a clear responsibility to Jesus Christ who has raised us, we are to seek those things which are above. We're to have a heavenly mindset. Our hearts should be seeking those things which are above. And we're talking, of course, in the spiritual eternal world. And we're to do that in contrast to what's below. And that's the earthly world that passes away. We're to seek those things that are above every day of our lives. Our direction must come from God. How many know the world is trying to hammer their direction down our throats? But we must get our direction from God. Not from the principles of this world. Jesus Christ is in charge of our lives. And we must take our focus off of this world. And we must turn our focus on Christ who is seated at the right 
hand of God. And the fact of the matter that Jesus Christ is seated by God's right hand reveals His power, His authority, and His position as both judge and advocate. And because you and I, thank God, we've been raised with Christ, we are participating with Christ in the spiritual realm to which He has been exalted. Amen. And because we've already experienced this exaltation, we need to set our minds, set our affections, our hearts, our treasures there, so that we will live out our lives on earth. Keep that in mind. Live out our lives on earth as we are citizens of heaven. Live like citizens of heaven. And we must continually seek those things which are above. And I want to tell you this morning, church, it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen automatically. It happens through very rigorous discipline. We do it every day thinking in a heavenly manner. Because if we don't actively seek those things above, it is not going to happen. Set your heart, set your mind on things above. Romans 12, verse 2. The Bible says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I know that Paul is writing to believers at Rome. And Paul realized they had spent their entire lifetime so far conforming to the world. And Paul has two words for them. Stop it. Stop it. And the same is true for us. Before we came to Christ, we spent our lifetime conforming to this world. And God says, stop it. Don't do that. We were born into the kingdom of this world. A world where Satan rules. And we were being conformed to that way of thinking. We must stop being conformed to this world. Now, by the way, they're not going to quit trying. They're not going to quit telling uh, us we're, uh, we're wrong. We must not conform to this world. So how do you know? How do I know, preacher? How, how do I know whether or not I'm conforming to this world? Well, the world will tell us we have the right to have all my desires fulfilled. As long as I'm happy. Make me happy, Lord. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So how do, how do you know what's your mindset on? 
If you're focusing on things of the flesh, you're being conformed by the world. That's what the world wants us to do. Conformed by the flesh. The second thing the world says, I have the right to pursue and use power. I want authority. I want that right. In Mark chapter 10, verse 43, Jesus said, But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. Now the context of that was the disciples were talking one day and discussing which one of them would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I told you they were free old Baptists. They were worried about, you know, seniority. Where am I, I going to sit? And, and Jesus says to the disciples, look, that's how the world acts. That's being conformed to the world. They have people that rule over not you. Your desire is not to rule over them, but your desire should be to serve them. So if you find yourself wanting that power, you're being conformed by the world. The third thing the world says to us, we have the right to abuse people. We have that right. Luke eleven forty three. Jesus said, Woe unto you Pharisees. For you love the uppermost seat in the synagogue and greetings in the markets. Jesse mentioned uh, we finally got seated. And I looked on the table and said, table number one. I thought, man, that's what I want. I want number one. But that's what the world says, right? The, the world says you have the right for that. And that's exactly what the Pharisees were doing. They, they wanted the best seat in the house. They wanted, you know, they wanted people to know they're there. We're somebody. And they didn't care who they walked on to get there. That's exactly what the world says. The world also says... Get all you can and can all you get. Amass wealth to yourself for your own selfish reasons. Matthew 16, verse 26. For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? How many know that's rhetorical? Jesus asked a question. What will you gain? What will you gain if you have every bit of wealth in this world? What will you gain if you lose your soul? What's the answer? Nothing. And then he takes it a step farther. When you find yourself in that situation, what would you give in exchange for your soul? My friend, you'd get everything. But the world says, wait a minute. You have the right to get that wealth for yourself. The world also says we have a right to use our personal abilities, our wisdom, for ourselves. Rather than serving others. 1 Corinthians 3.19 For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, with God. For it is written, 
He taketh the wise in their own crappiness. How many know that God has a last word? Yeah. The sixth thing that happens, the world says, we have the right to ignore or even hate God. James 4, 4. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. You see, the world wants to control how we think. The world wants our, our mindset, our folks to be on the worldly things. They want to control how we dress. I went to uh, the pharmacy the other day to pick up some medicine. And the young lady was very courteous. And I, sometimes I just bite my tongue. Her hair was blue. And that's Okay. But I always want to ask because that's natural. And I always want to tell them a story about my sister. I had a sister that's a year and a half younger than I, among two others. And my sister, when we were in high school, I may exaggerate a little bit, but she dyed her hair every other day. And one day somebody told her that that stuff you call, it's called bluing, you use in laundry to make it whiter. Anybody ever heard of that? Come on, not that old. Thank you, Irene. And, and you, I guess I didn't really use it, but you poured it in your laundry and it's supposed to make it whiter. They said, put on your hair. It'll turn it white. It turned it blue. <laughs> and my mom made her wear it to school the next day. She cried all day long. And I wanted so bad to tell, I thought, no, nah, I'll keep that story to myself. But the world wants to dictate how we dress, how we look, what we wear. Where to go, how to do it, what to say, and we can't let it happen. Because if you're born again, we have to understand we're not part of this world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Our mindset is different. We're focused on heavenly things. And so we must actively seek those things which are above And that means we're to think the way that God has called us to think. Our minds must be transformed. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord? I hope my sister wasn't listening online today. That just came to me. Let me read the verse. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Notice this. But we have the mind of Christ. You see, we've got an advantage over the world, folks. We have an advantage to those who do not have the Spirit of God. They do not know the mind of the Lord. But my friend, if you're a believer, we have the mind of Christ. Thank God. And as believers, we fully understand, at least we should anyway, as Christ himself did, we understand the significance of the cross. We understand why he died and for who he died. And we also understand what it meant for our salvation. We have the mind of Christ. Romans eleven thirty four. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Well, the answer is no one completely. We understand that. 
No one can completely comprehend God. But because the Spirit of God lives in us, and as we yield to Him and allow Him to guide our thoughts and our, on our hearts and our lives, we begin to understand spiritual truths that we can never understand without Him. Why? We have the mind of Christ. Folks, take advantage of what God has given us through Jesus Christ. Because of the Spirit of God, we do have some insight. We have some insight to some of God's plans. Not all of them, but certainly some of them. We have some insight into some of God's thoughts. Not all, but certainly some of them. We have insight to some of God's actions. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And through the Holy Spirit, my goodness, what a privilege to have the Spirit living in us. Because through the Holy Spirit, we can begin to know God's thoughts. Through the Holy Spirit, we can talk with Him. Think about that. And expect His answers for our prayers. Having the mind of Christ, folks, it's a process. And it's a process that changes how we think. And once you change how you think, it will change how you live. Amen. Isaiah 55, verse 9, you know the verse. For as high, I'm sorry, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God's thoughts certainly are higher than ours when we think like the world. When we think like the world thinks. But when we think like God, when our minds are renewed, we put on the mind of Christ. And because of that, our thoughts begin to line up with the thoughts of God. His word and his thoughts are the same. And by the way, if you don't spend a regular, consistent time in God's word, you're missing it. Because God's word and his thoughts are the same. And the clearest way that God speaks to us is through his word. And if you're not reading his word, he's not speaking to you. It doesn't happen that way. And so as we study the Word of God, as we meditate on the Word of God, as we speak God's Word, we have a spiritual mind. It's a mind that's been renewed by His Word. A mind that's been renewed by His Spirit. And we actually think like God does. And the more we renew our mind to the Word the more consistently we will think the way God thinks. The mind continually being renewed by the Word of God. So what are God's thoughts? I'm glad you asked. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, 
whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good reports. If there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. You know what God thinks on? We just read it. Things like that. The question we have to ask ourselves, what are we thinking on? We can cast down wrong thoughts by speaking God's word and replacing wrong thoughts with spiritual thoughts. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. So the question is, how do we do that? You'll have to come back next week. Let's stand together. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here this morning. But I do want to remind you God loves you. He loves you enough to send his son to die for your sins. And unless you've confessed him as your savior, confessed with your mouth, believed in your heart, that God has raised from the dead. Unless you've done that, you're not saved. There has to be in time in your life you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You confess your sins to Him. That means you agree with God. You have sinned. You repent. Repent is a military term. It means to change directions. It also means to change your mind about Christ. Ask Him to save you and become Lord of your life. If you've never done that, you're lost. And I would challenge you today, consider that. Because I don't mean to scare anyone, but it's true for all of us. Today could be our last day on earth. This might be your last opportunity. But I know I'm speaking to a lot of Christians here this morning. My question is, where's your mind? Are you seeking heavenly things? If not, begin today. Father, thank you for your word. Challenge our hearts, God. Draw that sinner to you today, Father, that they might know the free pardon of sin. Challenge us as Christians, God, to develop a heavenly mindset. And we give the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Rick, whenever you're ready. Having a